Welcome to the Way Up House podcast. This is the third episode and companion podcast to the three-part documentary streaming on YouTube. My name is Boyson. On this episode, I have the pleasure of speaking to Jazz Kayser. Hello, how are you doing today? <laughs> yeah, good, thank you. Good, you? good. I'm doing great. Nice. This is a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> so, you uh, just finished up your three days. Uh, what would you say, how was your overall experience? Ooh, um, yeah, how do I sum it up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's been really amazing, really. Kind mm-hmm. of came into it, um, like not knowing exactly what to expect. And it's just been really fun yeah, yeah. to hang out with everybody. And yeah, we've been hanging a lot as as a group. And then, yeah, I had um, to spend time with Katie. Mm-hmm. And we we were like a duo to write a song together. And yeah, it was just really nice to kind of, I mean, to get to know each other in the space of three days was yeah. felt like a quick thing to do. Uh-huh. But it's amazing how kind of, I guess, uh, deep we got quite yeah, quickly. Yeah. Why did you uh, decide to do this? Um, I mean, in terms of uh, collaborating with Yamaha, I joined the team last year because um, I'm a drummer and, and they offered uh, me to play their drums and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, and then they told me about this project that they'd done. They have done one series before and I just thought it sounded really cool mm-hmm. to collaborate with artists from all over the world and I think collaboration is a really fun to, thing to do as like a artist and musician because mm-hmm. um, it kind of brings out things in you that you didn't you know you couldn't necessarily do on your own yeah um yeah. so i think it's just really special and i guess now we're we're like friends mm-hmm. friends for life you know okay. in the future we can collaborate more or hopefully we'll see each other in different cities around the world and stuff mm-hmm. were you uh nervous coming into this situation um Actually, surprisingly, not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I was just coming coming here with with a really open mind. I was just yeah, keen to to see what was going to happen and more curious yeah. than nervous. You know, just really excited to to see what the vibe was. And I didn't have any. Um, yeah, I feel like it helped because I didn't have any kind of preconceived ideas okay. of what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is a collaboration, and, and we're going to see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Do. Uh, you know, sometimes you see when people are reality type shows where their insecurities pop up in the mm-hmm. situation. Were there any insecurities that popped up for you? Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. <laughs> Singing. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> and Katie was like, no, no, you got to sing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I appreciated her support, to be fair, because I mean, I, I enjoy singing. And definitely when I'm writing on my own, I was kind of singing melody. Uh, not as a joke, but, you know, just to mm-hmm. kind of get the melody together and then just expecting a great singer to come along and make it actually okay. good, yeah. Okay. But when we were singing together and kind of writing, like, the chorus section, we kind of ended up having, like, I had a part and she had a part and now we need to do performance. <laughs> She's like, yeah, you got to sing the, the background vocals. And yeah. I'm like, we'll see. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we'll see. Did you think coming in, like, okay, I'm just going to try play drums and that's it? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I did. I mean, I knew there would be a lot of... Um, kind of writing in terms of harmony and I usually use piano to do that mm-hmm. so I, I definitely knew I was going to play a bit of piano of course with the Yamaha pianos as yeah. well um but yeah yeah it was it's been fun to kind of be away from the drums and actually do play more piano and do a bit of melodic writing and singing as well okay what is your uh what was your normal songwriting process if it wasn't normal is the word to use <laughs> yeah like the standard so yeah um yeah usually I mean if I write, it's usually just kind of, oh, I just fancy writing something right mm-hmm. now or whatever. I happen to be at home or, or practicing drums or something and just get distracted. 
and then have like a MIDI keyboard mm. and I'll just kind of mess around with I don't know a bass la- a bass line or put in a groove and it usually starts from the bottom up kind of okay. like the drums the groove the bass line and then like some chords and it's actually it's a kind of it's a really big challenge for me to to take it and you know create like a structure and kind of a melody with it too and mm-hmm. lyrics as well is probably my weakest point okay um I really enjoy listening to music with with lyrics and with vocalists and stuff but um, yeah, naturally, I'm more driven to just groove-based music, like okay. more like Afrobeat kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, how do you? What does a, a song look like when it's finished? Say, if you're not going to have lyrics on it, or do you feel compelled to put lyrics on it? Um, no, I mean, most of my music is instrumental. Mm-hmm. To be fair, um, like I play a lot of kind of jazz as a broad term. Yeah, like you know, like kind of swing, like bebop, or, okay. or like in hip hop groups or whatever like that kind of um sound but yeah when i write my own music i'm usually just keen to groove on the same the same kind of like motif on the bass or the same rhythm and then i kind of i think i usually create structures based on like sort of jazz standards so in that way of like a a b b or you know a b a c things like that and i kind of rather than thinking of it as like verse pre-chorus chorus okay I think of it as like I guess when it's instrumental, I think of it more in like A section, B section. Okay, is that mm. your uh, background in jazz training? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How, how did that start? What was your first instrument? Um, my first instrument was drums. Okay. Well, to be fair, I think I did piano when I was like three years old, like classical piano. Yeah. And gave it up quite quickly because I just didn't enjoy it too mm-hmm. much. And then when I started drums, my teacher is just such a great guy. He's called Bruce Treasure. And he wasn't really keen to do the grades or force me to do exams and stuff like that. So we literally just used to listen to like Red Hot Chili Peppers and Green mm-hmm. Day. And he would just show me the grooves and he helped me like read, you know, take drum music and read drum music. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, as time went on, I guess, like the more advanced the drums got, the more we were doing like jazz influenced music. And I just really loved it. We did mm-hmm. like, it was like a Dave Weckl arrangement of like an Afro-Cuban tune, yeah, yeah. things like that. And it kind of led into like the jazz the jazz world. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, what do you like about the jazz part of uh, composition or jazz music in general? Um, oh, damn. I mean, I love so much of it. I guess, I mean, my first love is like just swinging, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just playing, I don't know, even like a blues or rhythm changes or something yeah. like that. And just swinging, it's just, just feels great, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have a, a vague knowledge of jazz harmony on piano but most of the time I've just been playing drums and it just feels good to lock in with the bass and, yeah. you know, the walking bass and everything on the crotchets. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I just, I think I love that the possibility is, you know, pretty, like, infinite. Mm-hmm. And there's, um yeah, there's so much you can do with melody and harmony. Like, you can take it a bit out, you know what I mean? And there's no, um I guess that's with any music, but especially in um when you're thinking in, like, a jazz context. Okay. I feel like you're very free to just... To just go wherever, you know? mm-hmm. yeah. So, so for your songwriting before coming to the house, were you collab doing any collaborations in songwriting with people? Yeah, yeah. Okay. More recently, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I th- for the recent album that I released with Jazz Refreshed in London, um, I got together with a guy called Jackimo Smith, and he's an incredible like clarinet player, saxophone player, mm-hmm. writer. Um, he leads his own band called Kanjo Smitties. And he's really into like kind of trad jazz, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I played a lot with him through the lockdown, actually. We kind of met properly there. Okay. And then I thought it would be really cool to get together with him as a, him as a producer um, and kind of like, you know, co-writing a couple of bits as well. 
Uh, so just yeah, because the music I wrote is like very Afrobeat, very open, and I know he's he's really kind of like experienced with form and structure and mm-hmm. in the jazz even before bebop and all of that it was kind of more actually like pop music you yeah. know like verse chorus okay. bridge um so i just wanted to collaborate with him in that sense to kind of create like more of a structure okay. to my music okay How, what was that like for you collaborating and doing it in a way that was different than what you've done before um oh it was, it was incredible i was like oh my god i need to do more of this yeah so that yeah. was kind of like the um the, you know that like, unleashed like a new a new territory for me i think definitely writing with other people, especially people you look up to mm-hmm. um, or have something different to, to you, you know, do something different to you. Okay. Um, yeah, I want to keep doing it because there's so many things in the music that just happened that I wouldn't have been able to do on my own. You know, they put in the ideas or even just a conversation, mm-hmm. you know, of like, oh, why don't you do this? Or what about this? Or what about that? Kind of just like, yeah, it makes you think uh, kind of differently. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What do you see uh, the relation or connection from... You know, your jazz, what you were doing to the Afro, mm. Afro, Afropop? Yeah, Afrobeat. 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 <laughs> Afrobeat. To be fair, I mean, I feel like jazz and Afrobeat now are like very broad terms for like a genre yeah, specification. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I had a jazz musician uh, interviewed and they were like, what does that mean anyway, jazz? What yeah. does jazz mean? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's black American music, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, Afrobeat... I, when I think of Afrobeat, I think of Fela Kuti and Tony Allen yeah. from Nigeria. That's like, they're the pioneers of Afrobeat, you know. The music came out of high life and all of that. And it's like a very political music because Fela Kuti used it in the civil rights movement mm-hmm. in Nigeria to help the rights for the people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I think of. And then obviously there's Afrobeat now. And I guess you think of like Burner Boy, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is equally valid too, but definitely an influence of that Afrobeat. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, th- I mean, there's a huge connection because I always loved jazz music and was playing mostly swing and whatever, things like that. But um, when I discovered Tony Allen and was like, oh my God, I suddenly connected to jazz even more okay. because of the Afrobeat influence. And I know a lot of his interviews, Tony Allen would talk about how he loved jazz music. It's like in the 60s and 70s mm-hmm. and he kind of wanted to find this connection between like what's going on in like West Africa and Nigeria and what's going on over in like you know New York or yeah. New Orleans or whatever, um, and he says how much the swing beat is similar to like the Afrobeat grooves and the claves. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Mm-hmm. And what do you say? Uh, okay, you come into the way way up house. Yeah. What do you uh, believe you're bringing to the table here? <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I mean, I guess already we're all from different countries literally <laughs> you mm-hmm. know there's like england sweden korea um africa even yeah. and america too um so there's definitely that like definitely the the cultural experience and just all of our upbringings being really different mm-hmm. um and i actually wasn't too sure like how many instrumentists there'd be how many singers how many whatever but um yeah it's really great to be around a lot of them are just incredible songwriters and artists in their own rights mm-hmm. and they like um also play other instruments but I feel, yeah, I think I more identify with being like a instrumentalist musician. Yeah. I write my own music and lead my own band, but yeah, I definitely am just like, oh, I'm a drummer. <laughs> <You Okay. know? laughs> so I feel like I brought that to the table of a bit more of a, um, yeah, a bit more of an instrumentalist mm-hmm. kind of perspective okay. in writing. Yeah. yeah. Did you uh, did you come in here with how am I, this insecurity, how to work that out in the house? Or I don't want, I don't want people to know this. <laughs> oh, right. Um, oh, I don't know. 
I mean, yeah, I'm not sure. I feel like I came in like a good a good mindset, you know, I'm yeah. feeling pretty good and it's been a really good summer and mm-hmm. <laughs> all of that. So, um, yeah, I definitely just came with a very positive mindset, I think. Now I'm reflecting right in this moment. I feel yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, confidently sort of like, cool, I can't wait to, you know, collaborate people and bring my, you know, drum drum grooves or mm-hmm. bring my sound to the table. Like I love um, I was chatting to Gemma and saying we need to collaborate in the future. Yeah. Like it'd be really cool for her to write a song from, you know, maybe because one of the songs she wrote with Sam is like um, acoustic guitar and then both of them singing mm-hmm. and it's like stripped down like that. Yeah. And like, that'd be really cool. You know, if she wrote a song like that in the future, she can send it to me and I can put like mm-hmm. my like groove idea underneath. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, I've just been really, really happy to like contribute in that way like when we're when we're jamming together all as a group mm-hmm. i'm like sitting at the drums and then they'll come up with like you know jordan will play something on the guitar like a riff that's something not necessarily knowing well maybe he has an idea of what he wants yeah. the groove to be but knowing that i'm just going to come in and do my my idea with okay. the groove and it's really cool yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's been really nice did you uh come with any ideas before you got here like sort of like as a safety net <laughs> um not at all mm-hmm. not at all yeah uh, completely blank slip oh, okay yeah <laughs> good. Uh, so what, when you uh you and katie get paired up right yeah uh what is your game plan like how do you decide who's gonna do what is there a mm. division of labor like what was that like in um, that first meeting yeah it was actually really um easy in mm-hmm. a way like um not necessarily easy to write the song but easy to get on with each other and yeah. we were both very like supportive of each other i think and yeah, the first thing we did when we got in the room was just talk about um, what we wanted to do. And then mm. I asked her and she asked me like, oh, is there anything you have in mind specifically? And we yeah. were both like, nope, <laughs> not at all. Let's see what we do. And then we just talked about, I mean, I asked her about tempo because I think that's like a big thing when you start a song yeah. of like, what is the speed? You know, I guess if you've, if you've already got the lyrics to, you kind of know what you want to, what you want to like add to the emotion mm-hmm. you know um she was like oh i usually write slow songs and i said no i usually write fast songs okay. <laughs> so we're like okay let's do a medium so, <laughs> yeah, <uh-oh. laughs> but we just met in the middle and we've literally got a tune now that's like very kind of medium like 100 bpm vibe yeah, yeah. um and she she said she usually does like i don't know 80 or 85 bpm mm-hmm. and then i usually do like 115 120 okay. such a like precise thing to talk about but it was it was interesting yeah, yeah. got you off the ground yeah. yeah well i guess as a drummer that would be perhaps a thing you would think about first is definitely you know, what is the tempo going to be yeah yeah, yeah literally yeah. it's like sitting at the like how how quickly is the harmony going to move you know mm-hmm. is it going to be like a quick like every two beats or is it like we're holding it for two bars and then it's going to be a slow groove yeah yeah, yeah. So once you get the, are you sitting behind the drums when you're doing this? Or? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, well, when we were writing, you mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually, I think the first thing we did was sit at the piano together. Okay. And um, Katie showed me like chord progressions that she really likes. And to be fair, she can really play piano. Yeah, <laughs> she yeah. was saying to me, oh no, I don't really play piano. Da, That's da, da, da. what she told me. <laughs> yeah, it's not true. It's not true. <laughs> <laughs> when she hears this interview, yeah, she said she didn't, that was not her strong suit. Damn, yeah, no, she can really play. Okay. She told me that too. Uh-huh. But I can tell you for a fact, she can definitely Okay, good to know, <laughs> good to know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so she showed me like chord progressions that she really likes. And then we kind of played them on the piano and I gave like some input and some other chords. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, sick. And then we kind of just put that together. And then kind of found the groove based on that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then 
Oh, sorry. No, go, go. I didn't want to cut you off. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, and then kind of went to the drums after that. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, at what point are, are you coming up with melodies and lyrics? Um, the theme of the song is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. I, th- I feel like one, like, I guess, it's, especially because we don't have that much, we didn't have that much time, um, it feels like it's been kind of simultaneous, you know, everything mm-hmm. at the same time. It's like when we're writing the harmony, we're already thinking about yeah what the melody would be or definitely already thinking about what the groove would be and then i guess once we actually put the groove we kind of like programmed it in logic just to get an idea of the yeah. sound so you can have the groove playing without having to play it so you can kind mm-hmm. of just you know process it at the same time um and then yeah it's just i guess once that's in you kind of feel it even more because you can just sit back and listen and then like explore yeah. ideas without having to like do two things at once. Okay. <laughs> she said you did have some uh, ideas and themes for the song. If you could talk about that. We did have some what? Yeah, you did have some ideas about the what the song would be about. Yeah. yeah. Oh, can true. You, yeah. yeah. Can you talk about that? Yeah. yeah I've, how you came um, to that? Katie had like, when we came to the session, she had a notebook and she'd already put some kind of like words down, um, some ideas based on a conversation she had with, with Sam, I think, or somebody um, like the night before. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about like that tragic moment when you realize you've had one too many drinks or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those, you know, and you wake up and you're like, I didn't need that last one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it just kind of ruins your, your day. Um, and then she was thinking about that and kind of relating it to the relationships. And then she kind of turned it around and was like, you're, if you're the person who's giving one too many, like one too much, you mm-hmm. know, like when you're giving too much love to somebody, but they're not really taking it or appreciating it. And yeah. it's kind of, yeah, and she says she's been in that situation and it causes her a lot of like anxiety or whatever. And I was like, yeah, fair. I feel like that's a very mm-hmm. relatable um, story. And I really like the idea because it kind of gives the, like, the lyrics a concept. Yeah. So we ended up basing it on, basing it on the relationship and the emotion of like giving too much love and it not being receive it, received. Okay. Um, and then how that can like bring you down. And then, yeah, the chorus is sort of talking about that and then finishes with, like, it's like having one too many drinks or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or as a result, you have one too many drinks because you're trying to suppress yeah, yeah. <laughs> your anxiety or whatever. Um, but then I was trying to come at it from a positive perspective of, like, well, this can actually be, like, when we get to the bridge, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it can be more of, like, an uplifting story about how, you know, you need to just let go. And it's okay to be very loving, but... Yeah kind of be open and let the other person do their thing and it's not good for you to like mm-hmm. put all that um weight and pressure on another person and that's just like who you are that's just who they are yeah yeah, yeah. where are you uh, are the themes you find yourself writing about in general or you know as you move i guess less from the instrumental stuff to more vocal stuff mm-hmm yeah. Oh, like when it's vocal. When it's, yeah. When we like have things you like to, you find yourself coming back to different themes. Mm-hmm. Um, what excites you? To yeah. Write about? <laughs> <laughs> well, in the, I was saying to Kate actually, like I'm quite um, insecure to write about, like to write in first person, because I'm like, wow, that's very revealing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of. Um, I think a lot of music that I've, I've actually done lyrics, not too many tunes, mm-hmm. maybe a few tunes. Um, it's kind of been. Well, the first song I ever wrote with lyrics it was called Stupid on the Beat. And it's just literally about, you know, feeling the groove and having a good time. I was like, oh, I don't want to write a love song. I don't want to write yeah, yeah. about my feelings and <laughs> share that with the world. Uh-huh. just want to write um, about, you know, having a party and having a good yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. But the the recent album I did at the beginning of this year, two of the songs I co-wrote, one with um, 
uh, vocalist called Ava Joseph, who's a really good friend of mine. And we wrote about um, being mixed race because we're both mixed race. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, I, my brother is a spoken word artist called Alvy K. Okay. And um, yeah, he wrote some spoken word over the top of this tune. Also about being mixed race. It's okay. called Half Race Face. Okay. And the other one's <laughs> called Darkness in the Light. <laughs> uh-huh. We call it like the dark skin and the light skin, you know, it's like beautiful, yeah, all of it. Yeah. So yeah, that, that was quite deep because I guess... You have to come out with a personal perspective because mm-hmm. you can't speak for everybody, yeah. you know, and especially when you're talking about race and stuff like that. So, But it was nice to go deep into those topics and kind of share our personal perspective and feelings about what it's like to be a mixed-race person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 What What is it like to be a mixed-race person? <laughs> As someone who is it, what, what is that like? <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, yeah, I'm yeah. Um, finding the beauty in it for sure. Mm-hmm. I've always felt like really, yeah, comfortable and confident about who I am and I guess um I haven't really thought about these things until I've been like an adult like post yeah, yeah. post university kind mm-hmm. of thing um before that I just kind of would get on with it and and I, me and my brother talk about how you just kind of look back and think you know we had that lucky experience to be immersed in like a diverse yeah. family mm-hmm. you know so when you start kind of um growing up and realizing all the kind of segregation like politics in the world it's mm-hmm. kind of sad you know because yeah. you're like well my family is based on <laughs> a multicultural you know um diverse yeah, like yeah. races so yeah it's been interesting it's almost like the the more you learn <laughs> mm-hmm. about society and uh, like discrepancy and all the um kind of wars or whatever between yeah. different social like communities it's like it gets worse. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it gets sadder and sadder because you're like, oh my god, why can't everyone just be like cool? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How do you keep your head above in that? Because it's like in your family, you know, there's a comfort, a support, and then you go out into the world and you realize, okay, everyone doesn't <laughs> not going to treat me that way. True. Doesn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, How? Uh, I'm not sure. I think mm-hmm. I feel like I've had to, yeah, take some guidance from other people and. I've had a lot of teachers, like fortunate enough to have a lot of teachers and even friends who are like way more outspoken about, mm-hmm. you know, political situations yeah. or some friends who are like hardcore feminists or really kind of knowledgeable about like the, the problems with sexism and mm-hmm. all of that or knowledgeable about like race and the history of like black, like UK black history yeah. or African-American history. And yeah, they really speak up and like, yeah. you know, call people out when they're you know, doing something questionable, not necessarily wrong, but, you know, like maybe mm-hmm. being a bit ignorant and stuff. And I feel like it's better not to try and keep your head above water, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. actually to, to understand what is going on. And yeah, because that's, that's kind of an ignorant thing to do, isn't it? To kind of walk away and be like, well, it's all right for me, so I'm just going to stay out of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think it's, it's better to be a bit more proactive yeah. um, in your surroundings and be aware of who you are and who another person is mm-hmm. and what's comfortable for them, what's comfortable for you. And yeah, I think, it, I think it's really exhausting, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think, it, <laughs> I think it's important to, to carry that. Yeah. yeah. Did, uh, have you seen a difference between say, uh, being mixed race in the UK as opposed to in the States? Oh, hundred yeah, yeah. yeah. percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's crazy chat, right? It's yeah. crazy chat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, not, neither is worse or better, you know, yeah. both is different experience, but, but to be fair, it might be related to like my age as well. Yeah. Cause I obviously was in like primary school and senior school, um, in England. So I was still kind of young and little 
you know, naive or yeah, something, yeah. clueless. But then when I went to university in, in Boston at Berkeley when I was like 18, my mind was just, you know, opened. Yeah. And yeah. I think, well, to be fair, first of all, in America, people talk about it more. Definitely a bit more aware, maybe because, mm-hmm. like, interestingly, America is, like, more... Um, everyone is more knowledgeable in the history, I think. Yeah. Like, everyone knows what went down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. How the country was formed in terms of that way. But I think in England, there's, like, a lack of <laughs> understanding yeah. of the black history. Okay. So that, it's like a... I don't know if that's a pro or con- I guess it is a better thing <laughs> to know exactly what went down. But I felt like in America at first, I was made even more aware of my race because yeah. I'd never really thought about it um, in school. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess there's not a lot of black people in our school, but I never felt the need to... I never really saw that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then when I went to America, I, I felt like very aware of the fact that I was mixed race. Okay. <laughs> you know? Or people... Yeah, people would ask or say like, oh... You're too, you know, you're too black <laughs> to be white or too white to be black, mm-hmm. you know, not in a necessarily offensive ways, but there's just certain situations yeah. where I felt that way. <laughs> okay. It's, uh, is that less so when you're in the music community? Mm. Yeah. 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 We we were chatting about it actually. Um, I think I was talking to Gemma about it. Mm-hmm. She's from Zimbabwe. Um, and she was saying all of the, all the stuff that goes down there and what people talk about. But we were saying we're really lucky to, to be in like a creative industry and to be like working with other musicians and stuff because I think we get a very like you know it's like a beautiful aspect of society and people are very inclusive and diverse and yeah, um, yeah have the same kind of um, morals mm-hmm. and all of that and I feel like outside of the creative industry can be a bit more difficult <laughs> yeah, yeah how do you remain uh, optimist optimistic in all this <laughs> oh yeah fair, good question yeah, yeah. <laughs> um how do I remain optimistic? Well, well, I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe give credit to my family because there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, staying strong or when things get difficult, you just have to work to make them, mm-hmm. you know, better. Yeah. That kind of thing. And to be fair, again, being surrounded by musicians and so I feel like the lifestyle I have, I'm really lucky to be around so many great people and so many supportive people mm-hmm. and everyone's very kind of, it's like everyone's so in touch with their feelings, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and so in touch with, with like making like strong bonds with, with friends. Cause I think you need that to make good music. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. so I'm probably just very lucky to have like a strong community around me mm-hmm. that keeps me strong you know, okay, on my great. feet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in terms of your music, do you, uh, is the goal to do more stuff lyrically? Yeah, okay. I think so, actually. You singing or uh, bringing in guest vocalists? <laughs> or a little both? Yeah, exactly. A little mm-hmm. bit of both, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've got one song that I've been um, co-writing and working with a guy called Femi Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Amazing guitarist and producer. He's producing it in his studio in London. And we just got to know each other this year, but yeah. I was writing a melody with lyrics, like a simple thing, and then... Um, he said, well, when we were in the studio, I was like, I think this is the melody, so let's write based on that. And he was like, oh, just just record it, just put yeah. it in. <laughs> so now I've been creating, like, the demo on the melody that I was singing. Okay. I'm like, it's painful just to listen back. <laughs> but he's like, no, no, it's nice. So who knows, maybe that will stay in yeah, the song. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what do you think you brought to uh, these past three days, your well, strengths? Mm, um, well, maybe, like... Um, yeah, being being kind of open and just like, yeah, I feel like 
I managed to, you know, no matter how you're feeling, it's kind of about just bringing a good, you know, vibe and energy mm-hmm. to the group or not projecting your struggles or maybe your insecurities yeah. or whatever to other people. And to be fair, like in a few days, it's definitely easy to just put it all behind you yeah, and just like be present in the moment. You know, in life, it's more difficult, I think, because you have everyday situations mm-hmm. that you yeah, have to like... Yeah attend to you know yeah. um but when you're somewhere like this and you're in like the middle of a forest next to a river in a mansion <laughs> you're like you know what <laughs> i'll worry about that next week let it go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, is there a uh, stuff you're working on for like the near future like, yeah you have planned coming up yeah i've um with, with femi tomorrow we've been writing we've written like four it was actually turned into five tunes mm-hmm. and i want to write maybe four more and release another album next year okay Sounds good. Yeah. And uh, what do you think that you uh, learned uh, personally or as an artist over these past three days that um, you'll take with you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've learned that um, everyone writes really differently and there's no like right or wrong, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes you feel, oh, maybe that I shouldn't be doing this this way, you yeah. know, or maybe whatever. But everyone's process was so different, I think. Um, and it's really cool because we've all been sharing like our, some people have finished products that they're going to mm-hmm. be releasing and or have they've, they've shown us like the early days of a song yeah. or like a scratch demo. And it's really cool to hear all these different processes. And, and at the end of the day, the final product will still be amazing, but everyone's yeah. going to get there very differently. So mm-hmm. that's been really cool to see. It kind of gives, gives me confidence moving on to just keep doing it and okay. just to see what happens. <laughs> yeah, sounds great, Jazz. Well, this yeah. was a pleasure to meet you. I enjoyed talking you to you. I uh, wish you all the best. Cheers. Thank you. Take care. <laughs>